And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich. Good to be here, Dan. And Dr. John Vance. Hello. Gentlemen, it's nice to have you here today. Um, The discussion that's been suggested to us for today is simply this. What is the gospel? What is the gospel? That's really quite a a good question. I remember when I was in seminary, I I wrote a paper, and uh, I I wrote something about the gospel in the paper. Mm -hmm. And I had one of the professors there said, uh, define what the gospel is. Mm. Especially in the seminary that I went to, you needed to define it because yeah. it was it, it can be defined it is defined uh, by other people in ways that the Bible doesn't define it mm-hmm. so no question um, you can start with the word it goes back to an old English word, God's spell mm-hmm. or it the spill here is like spiel uh, tell a story, God's story. Uh, good news, uh, God's story, mm-hmm. and um, uh, the 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 term in the New Testament, though, uh, as Mark uh, has had some Greek too, euangelion, and that's where we get the word evangel, evangelical, mm-hmm. or the German Lutheran Church is called the evangelisch, hmm. uh, or just translates Protestant in that case, but nonetheless, it's a rich. A word both in English and in uh, Greek. And it means the good news. So yes. that's it, the good news. It is the good news. So uh, let's dive right in. <laughs> so, well, Call it the good news. Why is it, why is it good? Because the bad news is so bad. So bad. <laughs> that's, that's, that's why. I mean, that's, that's really the part of it. Well, you on this know? program, we're not afraid of talking about anything, so <laughs> here we go, right? Yeah. The gospel's not good news unless you know the bad news yeah. or you believe mm-hmm. that, in fact, there is bad news uh, that is written over your life. Yeah. Uh, in one sense, you have to believe that that bad news applies to you, and if you don't believe that, of course, you'll never recognize the good news of the gospel. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, what is, um, before we get to the good news, what is the bad news that would, by contrast, make the good so very good? Well, the bad news is that we are all sinners, hmm. and uh, we are born in sin. Uh, David said in Psalms 1, in sin my mother conceived me. Psalm 32 also mentions it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we, we're born in sin. We have this sin. And then Paul goes on in Romans to tell us, you know, the wages of sin is death. You know, that sin has alienated us from God. Now, aren't some people better than others? Someone might ask us today. No question is some people are morally in this life by human standards, mm-hmm. uh, if you want to judge that way solely. But the Bible doesn't judge by human standards. The Bible no. judges from the standards of the judge, who happens mm-hmm. to be our Father in heaven, and in his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. We are judged by a different standard, and that is we are judged by the righteousness uh, that God eventually gives in salvation, but we are judged by a righteous standard of a holy God. And uh, that is God's judgment. And, of course, uh, by human judgment, I suppose uh, most people would consider themselves to be pretty good. Wouldn't you think, Mark? Yeah, I think most people do feel yeah. they're pretty good. Even even the really bad ones think oh, they're, yeah. <laughs> they're pretty good, in a, at least in a certain I used, sense. I used to teach in prison, volunteered mm-hmm. to teach, and I taught mm-hmm. some 
college courses for credit. Yeah, sure. And uh, I remember uh, that I was teaching uh, one class where there were 17 students and all had murdered. Oh, boy. But they all had a reason for what they did. Yeah. And when they got around eventually to sharing it with me, uh, you would think, well, they ought to let them out right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, in some Absolutely. sense, they had justified it. So uh, that's the key, isn't it? Um, our goodness compared to our fellow man may make us look relatively good. Uh, myself compared to a Hitler may make me look mm-hmm. pretty good. Mm-hmm. But when I look at myself compared to the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ, who's infinitely holy, I'm very bad. Very bad. That's right. Very yeah. bad. And I need help. Yeah. Now, that that doesn't mean, of course, that there, in some sense, some sins are socially not worse than others. Of course, yeah. oh. that's the case. A person who tells a white lie uh, is not guilty of the same sin of a, of a Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm-hmm. We make those kinds of distinctions. There are degrees and gradations of sin, but the point is that all sin, by God's standards, uh, are condemning, mm-hmm. and uh, they keep us uh, from eternal life in God, and therefore something has to happen to remove that barrier and that sin. Yeah, that's it's kind of like when uh, I remember when I was in school, and every so often the teacher would give you a test, A or F. Either get them all right and you get an A, or if you get one wrong, you get an F. That's now, quite a test. Now you can have a bunch of people who get half of them wrong, and you know, and others who get every one right but one, mm-hmm. but they still all get an F. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. that happened to me in Greek class. Mm-hmm. We used to get a Greek quiz every day when we showed up. Took yeah. a summer Greek class once, and the professor he called it punk or flunk. Yeah. <laughs> you either knock yes. it out of the park and get a hundred, he would always give us ten <laughs> vocabulary words. Yeah. And if you missed one, you got a zero. I think uh, the tower climbing profession is a little bit that way. There you go, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can get all those rungs and miss the one, and that's, that's it. it. <laughs> you know, we've we've had a lot of experience, these guys going up the tower. Thank <clears throat> God for these experienced climbers. Or Christmas tree lights, huh? Wow. Oh, wow. Up they go, and... Uh, there's no uh, there's no room for error there. No. Well, uh, we'll continue this after a short break. Today we're talking about the gospel, the good news. And uh, stay with us. We'll be right back. I receive your grace In the promise you've made To receive my guilt and shame And I believe In my heart you've redeemed for freedom I've been set free And I give all to you I give everything For the sake of you, my King And all I have is yours We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? 
Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. I receive your grace in the promise you've made to receive my guilt and shame. And I believe you came in my heart you've redeemed for freedom. I've been set free. I give all to you I give everything For the sake of you My King And all I have is yours And you have everything I need To be And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dane Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. Today we're talking about the gospel, and we're explaining what that means, and by contrast, why is it the good news? I do want to say a word about uh, sin. Uh, Sin is not just uh, a passive thing. It's a power. Uh, It has the power to to not only separate one from the eternal Lord, mm. but it has the power to turn one, if you will, in upon oneself. It's egocentric. It has the power to grip one and to hold one. And therefore, uh, I think in the New Testament in particular, you see sin as a power that holds us in its grip. It imprisons us in our own devices. So, uh, in order to understand the gospel, mm-hmm. it not only uh, is a good news, but it's it, it power is countered counters power. Paul talks about the gospel as being the power of God unto salvation, and what he means by that, in part, is not only is the gospel good news to us, but it is able to change us and reorient us Amen. and free us from the grip and power of sin. That's the thing. That that power comes from God, and that power comes from what Jesus Christ did, and, and that's that's the key thing. Uh, the power of sin is, as John points out, is so great that we cannot overcome it by ourselves. We cannot overcome it by trying to do good deeds. We can't overcome it uh, by trying to do rituals. We can't overcome it by any number of things. We're hopeless and helpless. In and of ourselves, mm-hmm. and and so God had to do something for us to give us that power. You know, I I got on the elevator with someone today, and uh, I meant to. Um, well, I pushed a button to go up, and this person got on and meant to go down. <laughs> 
And so I happened to say, I said, well, I guess um, what goes down must go up, or it's the other way, and then what goes up must come down. Mm -hmm. And then I I thought, I said, no, what goes down doesn't have to come up. I said, a lot of us reach bottom and then begin to dig. (laughs) So uh, that's what sin does. You reach bottom and then you can go further. Uh, It has the power to grip you and to take you to the depths and even deeper. And it is only the gospel of God, which is the power of God unto salvation, that is able to reach down and free us Mm. and to deliver us from that bondage. The apostle uh, in Romans 7 talked about a law that he saw in his members warring against the law of his mind and how that it brought him into captivity to the law of sin, which was in his members. And as um, he became so aware of this, he called himself, he said, Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Yes. So you're, you are right. It is a power. In the no. New Testament, it's, it's interesting that sin is discussed as a power pretty much throughout, mm. and that a greater power has to defeat that power which enholds us, and that is in Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. Now, when a person becomes born again of the Spirit of God, um, at that point, they possess God's Holy Spirit, don't they? It is the Spirit of God through Mm -hmm. the message that enables them to be delivered. You know, in the Old Testament, the heart of the Old Testament, of course, is the Exodus. God delivered his people out of bondage in Egypt, He did something for them that they could not do for themselves. Well, in the New Testament, in a real sense, we are in bondage in Egypt. And what does God do? He sends his son. And he enters into our muck and our mud. Yeah, the mud and the slavery and the bondage that we're in. And Mm -hmm. scoops us out of that mess, that muck and mire. He does it from the inside. Mm -hmm. The gospel is a tremendous power. Um. Also, let, let me see what the gospel is and is not. I think that's what mm-hmm. a lot of people get confused about. First of all, the gospel is not, has anything to do with our politics. Yeah. There's nothing of political nature per se in it. There's, there's no, uh, nothing to do uh, with our culture. Uh, nothing from the human side's in the gospel. It's a message from another world. Mm. And it's in Jesus Christ. And that's why he had to become incarnate, because he is, in some sense, the gospel. What is the gospel? Paul says in Galatians pretty clearly that it is the person of Jesus Christ and his work, or it is a person, and it is what that person did for us Mm. to redeem us from the curse of the law. The gospel is nothing but the person work of Jesus Christ preached and applied to our lives through the power of the Spirit. And it does not – you know, I hear these – the gospel of uh, what is this uh, liberation theology, mm-hmm. <laughs> feminist theology, or feminist gospel? Mm-hmm. Those things, there's no such thing. No, no. no there's no. only one gospel, and there's only one true theology. Yeah. yeah, and that's it. And that's the incarnate Jesus who came, lived, lived a perfect life that we couldn't live, and died on a cross as a sacrifice for our sins. Mm-hmm. As a substitute for us. We call that sometimes a substitutionary atonement. Mm-hmm. He died for us and then rose three days later. Now, you ask, how is a person born again? Well, it's, very, it's uh, in one sense, in human words, 
Uh, it's very simple in one sense. It's a miracle, though, when it takes place. It is a it's miracle. It's a true miracle. Yeah. Yeah. But it's receiving, the gospel is receiving Christ, and that gift, which is a power, is able to deliver us and transform us from the inside and make us new. Mm. And yeah. it is through the power of the gospel, then, that we're born again. And the scripture is clear, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, will be saved. Yes. And receive them right. into their heart and lives. Yeah. Do we uh, have some of those uh, promises from God's Word to review with our listeners today? Well, uh, look, look at Ephesians, Mark, there. Look at Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Mm-hmm. I think that's a yeah. striking well, passage. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 is, is, for by grace you've been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, mm. lest any man should boast. Here mm-hmm. we have it. It's a gift. It's yeah. a gift that changes your life. Yeah. And if you yeah. receive it, you'll never be the same person. And, of course, then you go on to verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created beforehand that we should walk in his works. And so he saves us, but he saves us for a reason. You know, there's a wonderful illustration of this in literature. A lot of people have gone to see, uh, in one way or another, in the film or read the book or gone to a play called Les Miserables. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jean Valjean, the Frenchman who is in jail, gets released, and he is hungry and desperate, and he flees to uh, the house of a clergyman. And in the house, he steals his silverware and stuff, and is going to sell it, but he gets caught. Well, the detective who's been chasing him shows up and catches him in front of the clergy. And an interesting thing about this is that uh, he he was stealing. But the bishop, uh, in this case it was a bishop, says to the policeman, um, he says, did he steal this from you? And he says, no, I just gave it to him Mm -hmm. as a gift. Mm -hmm. What happens when he gets the gift or the reprieve? He goes out and he's an entirely changed man. Yeah. (laughs) And I believe that that story illustrates what the gospel does. If you yeah. receive Christ, the free gift of God, it will transform your life. And that's what it means to be born again. Yes. Romans 10, verse 9. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes to righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made to salvation. It goes on to say that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, should I, I would like to say this. I know that parts of the country use different terminology for being coming to know Christ. There's a traditions and areas of the country where they use the word born again. Mm-hmm. And the Baptists in particular like the word being saved. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, they're the same thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about two different things here. If, uh, to be saved is to be born again, and to be born again is to be saved. And in both cases, the reason it is because someone has come to know Christ through his free gift. Yes. Yeah. It's like scales on our eyes that fall off. We Isn't start that the way to Paul see. describes it? Yeah. 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 We start to see that we were sinners and that by God, his grace and Jesus Christ has brought us to new life. It, John, you mentioned the miraculous part of this. Oh, that's such a blessing to me to consider that God comes down and grants uh, his people salvation. It truly is remarkable and miraculous. 
Yeah, it, you see it in so many. I mean, you see it throughout history. You see people who have been transformed uh, by the power of God, the gospel. You see uh, a man who was a slave trader who who the gospel mm-hmm. changed, and and, John and, Newton. and suddenly he writes the yeah. hymn "Amazing Grace." Amen. And and uh, it becomes a pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see whole tribes of people, even in this modern era. Uh, you know, um, my son, who is a missionary that uh, piloted, mm-hmm. who described some of the peoples who, you know, before the gospel touched them, were just uh, very crude people, you yeah. know, and 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 not friendly, and and uh, you know, would kill one another and and things like that. And the gospel comes, and it transforms whole <laughs> tribes and peoples, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's tremendous. And of course. Uh, the gospel transforms people every day. You know yes. what? Uh, what I would like for the listeners out there to know is that the gospel is a power of God to change a life, but it's changing whole cultures and civilizations right. today. Uh, the the uh, The Church of the Lord Jesus Christ is is no longer just a European thing, mm-hmm. or it's no longer just a subculture in America, so to speak. I, I get uh, information from uh, uh, many parts of the world and try to keep up with it. Mm-hmm. But there are numerous people coming to faith in Christ, uh, whole tribal groups in India. Mm-hmm. In China, the house church movement is growing like wildfire. Yes. In Africa, I am told uh, that the gospel is spreading so fast in sub-Saharan Africa they can't keep up with the building of mm. churches and finding places it's for wonderful. worship. It is it amazing. Is, it God, is. Is, God is spreading his, his gospel. Yeah. Well, I see we're out of time already for this uh, broadcast. Today we're talking about the gospel. And uh, gentlemen, how about a wrap-up thought or two? Well, I would just quickly say, you know, the gospel starts with recognizing one's existing in sin and alienation from God. Mm-hmm. And then seeing... Uh, one's need of Jesus Christ and his what he did on the cross, dying mm-hmm. for our sins, and accepting that is the complete and mm-hmm. sufficient means of our salvation. Well, let me let me ask you a, a quick question: Do you have to walk an aisle? No, I just threw that out. Just no. came to me. <laughs> in other words, different people come to Christ in different ways. We're different, but there's only one gospel. Only That's one right. gospel. You may, you know, and we have different temperaments. We, yeah, we it will affect us different ways emotionally because mm-hmm. we're not the same yeah. constituted psychologically, emotionally, whatever. It's true. Uh, but the greatest verse in the Bible, in one sense, is a summary of the gospel, which is the love of God for God so loved the world. Amen that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Yes, praise God for that. The gospel is a love story. It is. You've been listening to A Plain Answer right here on Redeemer Broadcasting. Today's discussion is on the gospel. And this broadcast will be put up on our website as an MP3 download free of charge. Check it out. And it's also linked to iTunes. In the studio with me today has been Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. I'm Dan Elmendorf, inviting you to join us next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer. A debtor to mercy alone Of covenant mercy I sing 
I come with your righteousness on my humble offering to bring the judgments of your holy law. With me, can have nothing to do. My Savior's obedience and blood hide all my transgressions from you. The work which your goodness began, the arm of your strength will complete. Promises, yes, and amen, and never was forfeited yet. The future are things that are now. No power below or above can make you your purpose forego or sever my soul from. Your love from the palms of your Eternity will not erase. Impressed on your heart, it remains in marks of indelible grace. Yes, I to the end will endure until I bow down at your. Forever and always secure. Forever and always secure. A debtor to mercy. See you.